What it is, what it do, you tuned into the Jose Morales podcast. I'm your host, Jose Morales, and we're back in the ring for another solo episode. In this episode, I'm going to be rocking it alone. So here it is. So in this episode, what I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to be sharing with you guys a lot of things that have been going on in my personal life in the past month, things that I've dealt with from, from my kids' school to, to my water drinking, how that's going, uh, also my, my DACA status because it's expiring soon and things that went down with that, my public speaking, the schools that I attended, the schools that I'm going to go to. I'm going to share all that with you guys, and then I'm going to end it with a great, great nugget. I guarantee you, you will gain something from this at the last, at the last bit. It's going to be something that you can take home and, and, and really let it resonate with you, and you guys are going to enjoy it very much. So let's get to it. And one of the first things uh, is basketball season's back, obviously. Nothing changed. Kings still suck. But I want to share with you a funny, uh, uh, interesting you know, tradition that I always, I've always done this with my kids uh, from the very beginning. Since my son was born, uh, I would always watch the home opener together. And, and that's the first game of the season here in SAC. And then we will always watch Kings games together. And this is, this is kind of funny, but the first home opener uh, uh, we played and we were watching the whole game and every time the Kings do good or something, we got a cowbell. Weddle was all excited. He got the cowbell and he's, he's ringing the cowbell every time the Kings score. Alonso's all pumped up and they're like counting down like how many points we're ahead or we're down. Oh, we need two more baskets or we need this. It's like that the whole game. They're hella into it. They're just watching with me. And Weddle's like pumped up. Weddle's like, yeah, the Kings are going to win. King's going to win. And when the game's almost over and they're about to lose, I fucking, I'm like, man, I can't let them see they're going to lose. I can't, let, I can't let them see that. I can't let them see it. So the commercial break went, it went on commercial break because there was a timeout. We were like down by a lot. I just turned it off. And I told him we won. I did not want Weddle to see we lost. I'm like, man. And then I feel bad because I'm like, what kind, what am I setting them up for? Like, I'm setting them up for this horrible, they're becoming fans for this horrible team that's all they do is lose. So uh, I just had to share that with you guys, get you guys a good laugh before we get into this episode. A couple more things I wanted to give you guys an update about was uh, I had some people ask me, how's Alonso School going? Uh, Alonso School is going great. I remember uh, we talked in the previous episodes. I, I had Matt on here, which was a school he was going to go to, an acting academy. I talked about kind of my philosophy in the school and how it kind of matched what I was, my vision that I had for my kids. And now we are, uh, shoot, half through the year. I mean, end of the year is coming up. And I think it's a good time to give you guys an update how it's going. Uh, and... I'm going to tell you guys, it is way different. Like, it's not even close, close to, and keep in mind, my son went to a private school part of this, so it's not like we were coming from like a public school uh, setting, which is probably even a bigger change, but just in general, he already, he was already coming from a great school and, and a great system, but it's just, what I mean by it's very, very different is the entire operation is night and day. It's not even close. And this can be good and it could be bad depending on who you are as a parent and what your, like, what your philosophy is and what you, what you uh, expect from school. So what I mean by that is 
first off, if you haven't, if you have not heard the previous episode when we, when we talk about the school, uh, and then when we talk about with Matt Bodra, I forgot what episode it was. I think it's something about education, but look back, it was in season three. Listen to that and get you more familiar with the school. But if you already listened to that, um, then you know that the school has no guy, no schools. They got, uh, they have no teachers. They got guides, and what makes it very different, um, my like, I, it almost looks like they don't focus, they don't emphasize the the writing and uh, spelling and the math, and it looks it looks like it. Again, it, I say it looks like it because they do, but they're not really. It almost looks like they're not really on your their ass about it. That's what it looks like. And when I when, when my son going to school, I ask him, you know, hey, how's school going? He's like, he likes it. I'm like, what do you like about it? And he was like, oh, I like the freedom. You know, no one's like right there on your ass. You know, it's very free. And as a parent, I'm like, huh, you know, is that good or bad? You know, freedom, you know, that's kind of weird. But um, as time goes on and, and I started getting more familiar and more familiar with what they're doing, uh, at the end of, um, of each session, so they go four weeks and they have a session, they have something they need to accomplish or need to do. And what they do at the school is they have all the grades. So uh, my son's school is eighth grade to uh, kindergarten, so be actually pre-K. All those students, except the little ones, I think it's from five up, um, they all work on things together. Um, and what I mean by they work on projects together, actually, I don't think it's five up. I think it's six and up. I could be off on my, on my numbers, but they work on, they work on um, projects. Like, for example, uh, the first session, they had to work on this video, and they had to uh, um, do the dancing part to the video, the music, the editing, the, like, it was a full-on video. Obviously, the eight-year-olds were doing the editing, but the older kids, the seventh graders and eighth graders, they were in charge of like the videos and how to you know do all that part. And then they were also in charge of being the leaders and putting the kids in certain positions. Like, all right, you're gonna be responsible for this, uh, time management and stuff like that, which is super dope. I really like that. And they're responsible to speak up and they gotta talk to each other. And another thing is that they have a watch and they have to specifically watch their time throughout the day. So they show up to school, they gotta do English from this time to this time, they gotta read and write, they gotta, um, they gotta um, do their math from this time to this time, and they are responsible for that. They are. No one's on their ass about, okay, it's time to start reading, or it's time to do this. They have to specifically watch the clock and make sure they manage their time. Um, that's one thing that I really, really liked about it. And then the whole teacher thing is different because I experienced it this way. The, the very first day, I believe it was open house, the very first thing that I went to the school for, and it was open house, um, they had a, a, a application that all the students needed to fill out. And when they filled this out, this application was kind of like uh, getting to know you for all the students will get to know them, all the other students know who they are. My son filled out who he is, blah, 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 and I have to throw this in there, had a, he had to put all his favorite things he likes to do. He had four things to put on there. He put soccer, he put uh, dancing, playing, I forgot. And he left the fourth spot open. He had more, he could have easily put boxing there. I was like looking, he didn't put boxing. I was hurt, I was hurt. 
But anyways, when it was time to turn this in, when it's time to turn this in, um, he didn't know where to put it. So in typical, in normal school, you raise your hand, right? And then the teacher tells you, oh, you turn it in right there. And then you go turn it in right there. Here, he raised his hand and the guide came and the guy does, does the teachers, the guide came and was like, that's a good question, Alonso. Where do you think you can find the answer to that? And then he started thinking himself. He was like, huh, where would I look? And then he was thinking, and then he right away, he looked at where he got the paper from. He walked over there, looked at where he got the paper, and where he got the paper, there were instructions right there. So all he had to do was read the instructions, fill this out, then look for this, look for that. He figured out his problem by himself. And right there, instantly, instantly, that's when I was like, this is why I brought him here. Like, this is why I brought him. I brought him here because I need them to learn to be independent. I need them to be able to figure stuff out on their own. Figure, uh, uh, be vocal, be, be ready for the real world after school. So they, he went into that. He figured it out after, after the first session and we watched the video. They got all the parents together. We watched the video. It was so cute to see how excited they were all for, to show us what they've been working on. I love that. My son was all pumped up. He said, we've been working on this for the past four weeks. Um, I'm excited for you to see it, Dad. And we watched it. And, uh, and, and it was really good for, for kids putting this together. And another thing I have to throw in there. So you know when you go back to assemblies or you go to things for school, the people in charge are, you know, the teachers and the principals and the staff is telling you where to put everything and where to go and da-da-da. If you go to an assembly here, the Students, the students are guiding the whole thing. The students, the kids are telling, you know, where they're, they're orchestrating everything for a thing where the parents are going. So I'll give you a quick little recap of everything. It is 100% different for sure. I have a friend that goes there. They're not very big on it. They're kind of like, ah, they go to a different campus though. So I'm not sure if it's different. My son's at the Lincoln campus. Um, but he's, they're like, ah, I don't know if my son is, is going to thrive in that environment because he, he can't figure things out on his own. Um, but again, I don't think it's for every kid. It may not be for every parent. So far for myself and for my kids, I really like the things that it's doing with Alonso. Um, and then uh, one more thing I wanted to tell you guys about that, that I like. Again, this is things that are important to me. Maybe it may not be important to you. He, his problem solving skills are way better for sure like him figuring out things on his own without asking me. But second thing, he, he's eight years old, right? And he came to my house one day after school and he's explaining to me financial things. Eight years old, he's explaining to me uh, what to do with money he gets, what, where to save, how, what's the percentage to save, what's the percentage to, uh, to, to give back to, for yourself, for like, he's, he's explaining to me this in percentages. Like you do 10%, you do this, 20%, you do this. This is an eight-year-old kid. I was like, what the hell? I'm like, where do you, I thought he like saw this in school. I mean like on YouTube or something. I didn't think they went over that in school yet because he's eight. So then I asked him, I'm like, who told you this? He's like, oh, that's what we talked about at school today. I'm like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool that, you know, they're educating them on the financial aspect. Obviously it's not, 
Hey, you guys were like, oh, but I want my kid to go to college. Yes, for sure. I'm not saying he's, he, I'm just saying the fact that they're showing them this stuff and showing them things that are, these are things that are going to make you and help you in, in, as an adult. You know, I, that's what I think. I mean, if you think you could go to college and get a degree and not know nothing about money and be great, I don't know. I, I think you definitely need to know your money situation. I believe. I don't know. So I just wanted to share that update with you guys because I had a lot of parents uh, ask me, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to bring that up. Uh, a couple more updates before I get into my spill is um, my water. People are asking me if I'm still drinking water. Now I think I'm on like three months. Uh, no, two months back. Is it two months? Something like that. That I'm actually, I still drink water about 80% of my week. So... 20% of the week, which is, I would say, once or twice a week, I would drink either a Dutch Bros or juice, orange juice, or something like that. But I still don't drink soda. Uh, soda's completely out. But that's where I'm at with my water thing. I do not go 100% all water. I, I will be honest, though. The very first time I drank the Dutch Bros, I almost relapsed, like, because of the next day, I almost wanted a Dutch pose again. I'm like, hold up, what am I doing? I'm going right back to what I just did. So I kind of had to check myself. You know what I mean? Like, hey, hey, hold up. Which brings me to a good point. Angela, um, which is one of the members here at the gym, she's in San Jose, California. Shout out to Purple Rain. She uh, brought up a good point. And, and I'm going to ask you guys this, and I want, I want you guys to get interact with this and tell me your opinion and what you guys think of this. Her question to me one day was, if you reached a goal, but you didn't maintain that goal, can you really feel proud of achieving that goal? That, that was what she said. And what, what she means by that is, let's say, for example, with me, if I wanted to drink water for a month, and then after drinking water for a month, I went right back to drinking soda every day and drinking all this bad stuff, almost like everything that I did for a month was pointless. Did I really achieve something? I think my, this is what, the way I answered it for her, but I would love to hear what you guys think. The way I answered it was, yeah, I think you should feel proud for achieving it because regardless if you went back or not, you still accomplished something that was difficult. But you still need to, there's a, there's a, you still need to make sure you maintain that. If you completely fall apart and you go back, yes, you achieved it, but did you maintain it? No, I think you need to, to feel proud that you changed a lifestyle or you changed a habit, you broke it. That's what should make you feel accomplished. And I think that's what you should look for when a, a setting goals is, set goals that you're gonna change completely. You're gonna either break a habit that you're not gonna bring back, you're gonna, you're gonna um, uh, change a lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? Otherwise, you're not necessarily changing, otherwise you're not necessarily, you're, it's almost like a fast. You're just doing it for a little bit and that's it and you're gonna go right back to what you're doing. That's not a lifestyle change. I think your goals should be something that you want to achieve and maintain not achieve and go right back and just to say you did it once. You know what I'm saying? It's not a, it's not a bucket list. Like, ah, yeah, I did it once and I'm going back to what I was doing. That's how I feel about it. But I would love to hear what you guys think about it. Um, it'd be a great, great topic. So let me know. You can send me a message. I'll leave a review. You can uh, hit me up on IG. Let me know what you guys think. 
And that right there reminds me of, of something that I had going on here at the gym with one of them, one of my boxers, where she's putting ex excessive pressure on herself when the, she's 15 years old. And what I mean by excessive pressure is um, the young lady is already expecting to be an, uh, in certain shape, expecting to look, I mean, a boxing-wise look a certain way as a boxer, um, know what to do when she's an adult already. And she feels that, that if she's not, doesn't have that down already, she is failing. And by failing, now she's putting herself down, she's depressed, she's getting anxiety. And the root to all of this is what she's putting in her head. She's putting in her head that she needs to be here and she's not there, so now she feels like crap. And I, was, I, had, I had a conversation with her, I was like, you're 15 years old. I mean, you're 15 and you're expecting to be something that when you're 30, you need to be, you need to know. Or when you're 40, you need to know. Or when you've been boxing for eight years, five years, you need to know. I'm like, girl, relax, you're 15. Uh, get out of this perfection. Like you're trying to be perfect already. And when I, when I brought this up to her, I was, I was thinking, I was like, wait, what was I like when I was 15? When I was 15, what was going through my head? And this got me to realize how much growth I had in uh, 17 years. 17 years, when I was 15, I definitely didn't think about no podcast. I definitely think, of, I did not think about uh, being a coach or definitely being an inspirational coach or somebody like the person I am today. That was not in my head at all. I'm being 100% honest with you. Not at 15. And at 15, my vision was actually boxing. All I wanted to do was box and just win fights and box. That was my vision. But if I would have put pressure on myself at 15 that I needed to be inspirational, I needed to prepare for this podcast that I was gonna do 17 years later, that I needed to work on these things that at 17 years later I needed to do, I would have drove myself nuts at 15. I would have drove myself nuts because I would be like, I cannot do that. I'm not positive. I'm not inspirational. I'm not even a good boxer to be a boxing coach already. I, I would drive myself nuts. And I would start getting, um, I would start lacking motivation because now I'm not feeling good about myself. Part of the process is going through everything and then you slowly start finding yourself. You know, with time, I started slowly seeing, okay, I'm good at talking to people. I'm good at coaching. I'm good at communicating. I'm good at this. Oh, I really like this. I like that. And then I found myself. So that's what I told her. I'm like, you got to give yourself that time to find yourself so that you know who you are. And you got to let yourself and give yourself the ability to grow. You're not even getting, you're not even letting yourself grow right now. And now that we're on the topic with, with teenagers and all this, this reminds me of recently I went to go talk to at Burbank High School. And uh, those that are not familiar with Burbank High School, it's in um, South Sac, it's on Florin Road. It's not in the best of neighborhoods. It's more, it's a little bit more ruggish, more, uh, it's different. Not your, not your typical school as far as the, um, depending on your demographics, definitely where you live. So it's, it's not a Roseville school, it's not a suburb school, it's not a private school. And, and I was blessed with the opportunity to go, go talk there 
at <clears throat> through Instagram. I had a, a somebody hit me up through Instagram and offered me, uh, you know, he's like, hey, you should come talk. And when he told me where, and I have family that went to Burbank, I actually used to go hang out in that area a lot because my family that lived in that area. And so it was special to me to go to Burbank. So I said, hell yeah, I'll come, I'll come through. I'll go to Burbank, no problem. So we went, I went, um, and I wanted to share this with you guys and kind of go through the whole thing because it was actually one of the most special things I've experienced in my life. I experienced a lot of special things, but this day was very special uh, for a lot of reasons. And um, I'm gonna kind of get into that right now. First, when I get there, um, I get approached with a great welcome. You know, man, I didn't think you were gonna come. Uh, when you when I sent you the message, I, I thought you were gonna blow me off, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, nah, man, no problem. I'm, I'm grateful to be here. And, and, and he was like, you know, I have some students here that are gonna, they're gonna go crazy because they, they're the ones who brought me up to you and I already, I already knew of you and they're gonna, they're gonna really like, and one of them boxes. He actually said he boxed your nephew and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, he boxed my nephew. I'm trying to figure out who it was. And, and he was like, you know what's crazy is, he's like, this is what he said to you. He said, this is what he said to me about you. He's like, hey, hey, I boxed this guy. No, he's like, hey, I know a millionaire. He's like, I know a millionaire. And, and I boxed his nephew. And then I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, he calls you a millionaire. I'm like, man, I'm no millionaire. He was like, yeah. He said, like, that's what he thinks of you. He thinks you're rich. And I was like, that's hella funny. So we, I start walking through the school. And then just to be on, on a high school campus, it was, it's, it was, you know, shit, last time I was on a high school campus was when I was in high school. So it was, it was cool to experience that. And then... Um, Go, I go in, I talk to them, and this class, because I wasn't an assembly, I actually talked to it, uh, I, I talked to a classroom. It was an at-risk teens. So this is, and it's a super cool class. I shout out to, for them for putting this together. But they, um, I forgot what, what teacher is the one who originally started this. I, I wish, fuck, I forgot. But um, this was a long time ago, a teacher put this a class together, and in the, in the, um, in the class was assigned to was assigned to put all at-risk teens together in a in a in a classroom and trying to mentor them. And at the very beginning, they were like, "Oh no, this is not going to work." I mean, we have we have Bloods, Cribs, we have Northerners, South Southerners. We got them all in one classroom. This is like this is like a disaster waiting to happen. It's not going to work. And they're like, "No, let's give it a try." So they started doing it. And it was a great success. You know, they started going on field trips together, and then they started seeing that the rival gang members started hanging out. So they were like, "What the hell? This is this is new." So they kept it going, and now it's been going for for a long time. It's years. So that that's what they're explaining to me the classroom, and then the guy tells me, you know, what kind of people are going to come in. He was like, "You're going to have this kind here. You're going to have this kind." And the classroom, no joke, was we had one black guy. One Asian guy, one Filipino, the rest were all Mexican. All of them. All of them were Mexican. So we just had three people that were not Mexican. Zero white people. And the rest were all Mexican. And, and as soon as they walked in, I, I wanted to make it a point to, to put me at their level. And like, what I mean by putting myself at their level, I didn't want them to feel like I'm there to yell at them or I'm there to uh, enforce anything. Like, I'm not a teacher. And I wanted to make sure they can trust me and, 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 
And, um, you know, look up to me and communicate with me. So every time they walked in, I shook their hand, introduced myself. I introduced myself to all of them. And I started asking them where they were from. Uh, majority of them were from Michoacan and Jalisco, which is exactly where my, my roots are from. So that was special. And then I started talking about their story and, you know, how they work. Uh, they're already working at 14, 15 because they have to to help with rent at home. Another thing that resonated with me. And then the more I hear, uh, started hearing their story and started getting more familiar with, with how they're living right now, it started, it started feeling and feeling more like me. Um, uh, I just remembered being there. You know, I remembered uh, being in that in that chair, uh, being that student that people saw no future in. You know, and most of them shared that how people don't think they have a future. So it really, really, really like just hit home for me. You know, it was I know exactly how they feel, and and. That's when I got into my story. I started, you know, sharing my story and sharing them, you know, what I was like at 14 years old. You know, a lot of people don't know this. Uh, actually, Scotty knows this because I shared this on one podcast and I shared this on one podcast and I actually took it out of the podcast. But I'm going to share this now and I'm going to and I'm not going to take it out this podcast. When I was in school, I was 13 years old. I actually threw a chair at a teacher. So I was I was definitely not the best. I was not the best student. And I shared this story with them, um, you know, and how 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 much anger I had in me, and how I was uh, how I dropped out, did not even finish high school. So most of them were juniors and seniors. I didn't make it to that grade, and I was explaining to them that I was chasing money, which was exactly what some of them were already doing. They were already looking out for money. They were already, I'm like, look, you guys are 15, 16, 17 years old. The money you make now may seem like a lot of money because you got no bills. You know what I mean? You got no car, you got none of this. Helping your mom with rent is not really a bill. When you're paying the full rent and you're responsible for that, now you're really spending money. And that money is not gonna, is not gonna feel good when you're 30, 40 years old working construction skill, still. So just trying to get the point across that, you know, the things that may seem like really, really good right now, high risk, I mean, high reward right now, um, is not the future forever. And I really wanted to make sure they got that because that's something that, <clears throat> especially as, as teens, we could get caught up with these jobs that we think are great. And then we start lacking in school. <clears throat> we start lacking in school because we're getting paid. So after you know being with all them, uh, I exchanged my number. I gave my number to all of them. I'm like, if you guys ever need anything, I'm here. I actually talked to the kid that boxed my nephew. It was it was um, six years ago, and he actually boxed Angel, one of my kids here, which is kind of like my nephew. He wasn't my nephew, but kind of like my nephew. <laughs> and it was it was cool to talk to him. He's 16 years old now. The kid actually has a kid on the way, so he's about to be a dad at 16. <clears throat> and it was just it, it I was just I and someone asked me. I forgot who asked me. Someone asked me, would I rather do that or would I rather talk at corporate events like I did at the NBC Suites? And to be 100% honest with you, I'd rather do that. I'd rather do that uh, um, nine out of 10 times. Nothing wrong with NBC, what I did over there. I liked that, I enjoyed that, that was cool and all, but I feel like I made a greater impact 
that day than I did at talking to the principals and uh, the athletic directors. That's my opinion. And, and the reason why I'm doing this is to make an impact. And this is, this is why I think I'm going to pursue that more, you know, reach, reach, um, reach the schools and areas of people that can relate to my story and people that can get inspired and motivated and maybe change their life. And no, because my opinion, I feel like this because this was for me. When you see someone that looks like you and very similar similarities to you, it may not even be have to be physical, but maybe just where they the, the way they came up or things like that. And you see them do things and accomplish things so great, it gives you hope. You know what I'm saying? Because if you never see those things, you're hopeless. You you never think that you're capable of getting that done. And seeing somebody get that done, it gives you faith and lets you know that it's not impossible. So that's what I would like to do more of. I'm actually going to be at Center High School on the 14th of January. I have an assembly there. And uh, I, another one I got hit up uh, by Lucia on Instagram. She's a teacher there, Spanish teacher. And now that I'm on the t- topic, topic, I'm actually going to give a shout out to Lucia and Miss... Um, Hernandez, Miss Hernandez, Ana Hernandez, there you go. Um, both of them, Spanish teachers at Center High School, they invited, it was Lucia that invited me to go to um, their Day of the Dead festival. And this festival, they put Mexican music on, they, they, they did Day of the Dead, traditional stuff, <clears throat> at Center High School. And they had the dancing, and so I went, and funny, if you guys... A funny thing, I get to the school, and one of my boxers that day couldn't come to couldn't come to boxing because he was really really sick. <clears throat> he was coughing, he was sick. Soon as I get to this damn festival, guess who's there? The sick kid. He's sitting there, uh, looking at the dance floor. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, when I get there, when I get there, um, I start seeing everything they did. All the, you know, they have the altar, they have the music, and then I start talking to the teachers. And those two teachers stood out to me for a lot of reasons. Let me tell you the, let me tell you the reasons. One, they both came from private school. So they both came from Mary Hill, which was a school that my son went to prior to changing, which is a great school, great school. But they, went, they taught at the Elk Grove location. And, and they decided to leave the private school scene and come to Center High School, the public school. And I asked them, why, you, why did you do that? What made you do the change? And they, were, and they were both like, you know what? I wanted to give back to my people. I wanted to be able to, um, you know, nothing, nothing wrong with the students I was teaching before. I just want to connect and be able to help the students that were like me more. I thought that was very special. And I could tell they had a lot of passion in teaching just by the way they looked at their students the way they talked to their students. Uh, one story they shared with me, which I thought was very, very special, they had a group of kids that were playing you know, Mexican music, and these kids are so talented and were very into music, but they had no instruments. They started bringing instruments to school for them so they can practice, and at lunch they were always practicing in their classroom, enough to they eventually started their own group. That right there is special to me. Uh, the fact that they did that, that's what I think teachers not all teachers are like that. And the fact that they're like that, I was like, wow, man, like amazing, amazing teachers. Like I need to be around you more. Um, and I got blessed with opportunity 
she connected me with the, uh, with the right person to talk to. Now I'm going to be at Center High School on January 14th, going to have an assembly for the entire school. Uh, another special school because I was super close to going to Center High School at one point. And I did not go there. I'm from, from around that area. Uh, so great, great, great opportunity. And I'm excited to be there. And plus, I have boxers that go there, have family that goes there. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to being at Center High School. All right, now I'm gonna finish this episode here with the one last update story. Um, recently, I mean, you guys all know I'm, I'm a DACA recipient. My DACA was gonna expire, well, is gonna expire on the, in, de in, in December of this year, so next month. And um, prior to that, I need to, my, my driver's license expired on my birthday, which was September. So from September to December, I was gonna have no license, no driver's license. So I can't travel, I can't drive, I can't do this because, because my driver's license expired in September, my DACA expires in December, and they're not gonna give me a license for three months, right? So I went to, first I went to, um, to the DMV, and, and look, let me tell you why I wanna share this story. This is the kind of stuff that happens to me all the time, my whole entire life. And before, uh, when I was young, this is the stuff that get, got me angry and got me to hate the world and got me to hate certain people. Now I'm at the point that I look at these things and I just laugh about it. I just laugh about it and I just do not let it get to me. And it's hard because in the, in the heat of the moment, it gets, you, it, gets you low, it gets you a little fired up. So I go to the DMV because I need a driver's license. I already processed my paperwork for DACA, so, and that's usually a process. I hadn't received nothing in the mail, so I couldn't get a driver's license yet. And I wanted to see if I can get a permit or something for three months or something and because technically my DACA didn't expire until December. So I should be able to have a driver's license until December, not until my birthday and stop at my birthday. So when I go to the DMV, I get there and the very first guy, uh, you could tell he was newer. He, he was just like, he didn't really know what to do. He passed me on to somebody else. Uh, the second guy, this guy was interesting guy. This guy, uh, he, he, he was explaining to me that, oh, I needed to have my DACA paperwork, and I explained to him, um, it's in the process, I haven't received nothing yet, um, can I get uh, my driver's license for three months? He said, yeah, no problem, we can do that. So he takes my picture, charges me, and then, um, and then during, throughout, this, throughout this process, when, when he's explaining to me, when you get your paperwork, make sure you come back and then we'll be able to get your license for two years because that's how long the DACA lasts. The DACA uh, thing lasts two years, my permit, my work permit. So I said, okay, no problem. I'll come back and I'll get my, I'll get my license extended for two years once I get my paperwork. And then, um, and then he, he made a comment. He said, yeah, I, I forgot what I said. I think I said something, yeah, I, it sucks that I have to go through this, blah, blah, blah. I hate that I have to keep coming back. I think I said something along those lines. And then he said, well, at least you do it. And when he said that, at the time I was kind of, I just thought about it, I was like, what does he mean by that? I didn't say nothing. I kept it quiet and say nothing. But I drove off and when, and the more I thought about it, the more angry I got about it. I was like, this motherfucker was probably talking about all the other undocumented people. And he's assuming that 
I'm being a good citizen by getting my DACA and everybody else is being a bad citizen by choosing not to get DACA. Because the way he said it, well, at least you do it. And it was getting me fired up because I almost wanted to go back and be like, hey, hold up. You know, you said this. I'm like, wait, how immature I am. I already drove out. Like, I'm really going to come back and do that. So I let it slide. I forget about it. During this time, he said, I'm, you, you're going to get your license in the mail four to six weeks, blah, blah, blah. I got my temporary paper. Um, and this was before my birthday. So this was like September 10th and around there. And then my wife's um, DACA expires literally around the same time as mine, almost identical. She comes in and she wants to get a, a permit because we're, we're going to fly soon. So she wants to make sure she's good because her license expired in July, her birthday. And, and mine is in September. So hers had been expired. Mine wasn't expired yet. So when I came in, mine wasn't expired yet. It was going to be expired. Hers had already been expired for two months. When she comes in, um, they do her thing. Uh, older lady, older lady helps her and, uh, and super sweet. They talk about Mexico and they talk about kids, blah, blah, blah. Boom, handles her stuff, takes a picture, gives her, her, uh, give her driver's license six years without even asking for her, her DACA, without even asking if it's renewed, without doing any of that, just gives it to her. Boom, done deal, right? And I think they dropped the ball. I don't think they should have done that. But, but I'm using this as, 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 so you can see the, the way you get treated differently, right? I want you guys to see this. So then, so then I'm waiting for my license. My wife's license gets there. I went to the DMV first. How the hell does she get her license first? And she beats me by like two weeks. So now I'm like, yo, I still haven't got my license. So I come in, I go into the, to the, to the DMV again. And by this time, I already got my DACA stuff in the mail that my DACA says, you know, you haven't got your card yet, but I got my approval notice. And my approval notice is like official notice. It comes with like the stamp. It's like an official ass paper. It's not like a, it's not a receipt. Like it's legit. I go to the DMV with my DACA uh, recipient paper that I got accepted for another two years, another term. And, um, and when I walk in, this um, younger lady helps me. And this, and this lady is like, uh, she's like mid-20s, early 30s maybe. Super, super rude. Like just rude off tops, like just for no reason. And I always try to be polite to everybody when I come in. So I'm like, hello, how's your day going? She's just like short, simple, no response. I'm like, all right, well, I'm just, I just started staying quiet. And then when she looks at my stuff, she was like, oh, yeah, your DACA is going to expire in December. Uh, that's why you probably didn't get your license in the mail. And then I was like, well, I got my paperwork now. Can I, can I you know, get my two-year license now? Like, I'm legit. She, she's like, hold on, I'm going to go ask somebody. She go ask somebody, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, take a seat. I need to make a call. So I sit down. She calls somebody. I don't know who she calls. She comes back. And when she comes back, She's just made up her mind of what she's going to do because she's not even listening to me. Let me tell you why she's not listening to me. She's like, hey, you need to wait until you get your blah, 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 blah. And I was like, and I'm, and I, I'm literally holding the paper. And I'm like, I, ha I have the paper right here. But before I even said that, I'm like, I she cuts me off. No, that doesn't matter. Da, 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 you need to come back when you have your DACA. She didn't even listen to me. So I was like, 
I, I cut her off. I was like, yo, do you hear yourself? Like, you don't even let me talk. You said no before you even hear what I had to say. He was just like, no, like instantly, no. She's like, well, what do you have to say? I'm like, well, I have to say that you're asking me for my DACA and I have my paper right here. She's like, let me see it. Oh, no, you got the wrong form. That's not the right one. I'm like, the wrong form? The hell? Like, what form do you need? She's like, you need your actual card. Da, 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 da. So I left, came back. Um, I went home, checked my mail, make sure I had everything. I came back. I was like, you know what? I'm going to like make a scene now because one, my DACA's not even expired. Second, I have my authorization form. When I called, because I called the, the, um, the hotline for the, the, the IRS or the government, USC, USCIS, I called them. They're like, they should be able to give you a license with what you have. Like, they need to quit playing. So now I'm heated. So I go back to the DMV. And again, you're going back and forth to the DMV. So, you know, the DMV is not something you, is just like a walk in the park. So this is already building up. I get there, and then the lady that helps me is the same lady that helped my wife the third time. And then she was like, why are you still here? She's like, I've, I've been seeing you here. Like, this is like the third time I see you here. I'm like, oh, yeah, um, I've been just trying to get my license. <laughs> and she was like, how come you haven't got it? I was like, well, I don't know. I haven't got it. I'm like, they're like, well, they already charged you. They looked at everything. Yeah, they already charged you. You have all your paperwork. She's like, oh, they froze your account. That's when you never got it. So the very first guy, the guy that, oh, well, at least you do it, he froze my shit. He put a lock on my stuff so that I couldn't get nothing. The second girl probably didn't know what to do, was tripping out and just wanted to dust me off. Luckily, that third lady was like, yo, this is, I just got to get my supervisor to take this off. Uh, you have all your stuff. Here's your license. Uh, she's like, they already charged you. They're like, this makes no sense. And I was about my day. But, the, but to me, it was just like, it was mind-blowing that all this stuff and you act this way and never once did you just listen to what I had to say. Not once did you listen. Um, I could have got really upset. I was really, I was getting there. I, but I always, every time I get upset or I get angry at a situation, I have to remind myself that one, these people probably hate their life and probably angry with themselves already. Two, um, they maybe didn't get trained on this stuff. So maybe they lack knowledge or, you know, maybe they just are not aware of what to do in this situation because they don't see that on a daily basis. So I try to give them the benefit of the doubt without getting out of hand and without getting angry. Because to be honest, a lot of people do lack knowledge and do not know exactly what, it, what you're doing or what exactly it is that you have. What is work permit that you have? What is that, you know? But it's frustrating. And it's frustrating because I, my whole life, it's, it's weird. I get, and that actually is not even a bad story. Like, that's actually not bad at all. That could be a, communicated, a communication thing. But my whole life, I've always been assumed a certain thing, so I always get treated a certain way. Like, you look a certain way, or you act a certain way, you talk a certain way. And... And if you let people keep assuming of who you are and you let that assumption get in your head, will you believe that assumption? Oh, you're ghetto, you're not smart, you're this, you're that. If you start believing these things, um, it becomes dangerous. So just make sure you maintain a strong mindset. Don't not change your heart. You know, if you are the certain person, you be, continue to be that person. Don't let no one else change you. 
And this is something I can tell you 100% that throughout my whole life, I've always been treated as different ways. I've been, uh, you know, people look down on me, uh, my education, my everything. But I never once let that get in my head because I know who I am and what I'm capable of. And I fuck all them. Fuck all those people. I know what I can do. And I'm telling you that, that you can do that also. So that could kind of, kind of be a little review, of, uh, a little recap for that. If you're going to get anything from this episode today, hopefully you take that right there. Don't let anyone change your mindset and, and believe that you have in yourself. Don't let no one tamper, no one mess with that. Keep it pure, keep your heart pure, keep your intentions pure, and you will do great things for real, for real, for real. That's it for this episode. If you liked it, um, leave a review. I haven't got a review in a minute. Um, leave a review, share it with somebody you know. If you're not subscribed on Apple and, or YouTube or Spotify, make sure you subscribe on all three. Do me that favor. Um, and that's it, man. I'll see you guys next week where I have a new um, episode with a guest from the gym. I look forward to having you guys. See you guys next week. I'm out. Deuces. Deuces.